Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. Warmer from Lilo, welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beast Family Podcast, and we've got a tremendous podcast for you. It's in the second segment. We're going to be joined by one of our good friends, Curtis Rogers. He does a great job over at 710 Seattle Sports taking a look at not just a game of baseball, but wide variety of sports. He does a little bit of work with the Seattle Seahawks in terms of their scoreboard coverage as well. But right now his main thing, doing pre- and post-game work with the Seattle Mariners. So in the second segment, we're going to take a look at the state of the Mariners. We're also going to be taking a look at the American League playoff picture as a whole as we've got a big series involving two of the American League East teams that are looking to get into the wild card starting up this weekend as well. So we're going to be talking about that and so much more. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all first things first. Always do love to be able to answer your Twitter questions on this podcast if you got one or two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at unit underscore 81. Keep in mind, let us see them. They mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline and the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you're in this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today other than what in the world was happening with Harry Carey singing during the seventh inning as a hologram yesterday. And, well, I don't have an answer on that, but I can take a look at everything that we did wind up getting in Major League Baseball on Thursday. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. The Philadelphia Phillies get shut up by the Miami Marlins by a count of three to zero. It's Edward Cabrera was very terrific here for the Miami Marlins as 
He lost three hits and five and two-thirds innings. He's now went ten and two-thirds innings. It's coming off the injured list. Three hits and no runs allowed. He has been superb. And then Tanner Scott, Steve Nokert, both give you one and a third inning scoreless from there. And Dylan Floro, he cleans up a pair of outs out of the bullpen. And for the Marlins, they have not scored more than three runs in a single game this month. But they went two of seven with men in scoring position. They were able to get to Kyle Gibson, who gave up all three runs, two of which were earned over the course of six innings. Nick Nelson, Corey Knable, Connor Brogdon from there. I'll give you a scoreless inning, but the Miami Marlins, they are able to get the job done. Our DK Nation pick was a hairy one. Took the under in Guardians versus the Detroit Tigers. Game is 3-1 to one going into the bottom of the ninth. Tigers plate two, and for the Guardians, they do not send Emmanuel Classe in the ninth or tenth inning. Rather, we had to rely upon Trevor Steven, Anya De Los Santos, and Brian Shaw, but just enough to get the job done. 4-3 to three of the finals. Zach Plesak was good in this one. Six and a third innings. Alaze saw a home run to Javi Baez. His 11th home run season. And that leads the team. That's very sad. But that's a good start there. Sam Antiches gets four outs out of the bullpen from there. Trevor Steven. He allows two runs in two-thirds of an inning before Enyo De Los Santos. He couldn't wind up retaining all the inherited runners. But he gets two-thirds of an inning scoreless. And then Brian Shaw. One, two, three inning in the 10th to preserve that under the Guardians. They go just two of 13 with men in scoring position, but Stephen Kwan gets his third home run season. He goes deep off of Garrett Hill, who allowed three runs, just one of which was earned over the course of five innings. From there, the Tigers' bullpen was solid. Gregory Soto allows an unearned run in the 10th, but Luis Castillo, no, not that Luis Castillo, Will Vest, Jason Foley, Jose Cicerno, all lend a scoreless inning. And that's big because the Chicago White Sox trying to track them down in the AL Central. They lose by kind of 5-3 to three on a Dylan Cease start, and really not Dylan Cease's fault. He takes a loss, but he gives up one run in six innings. That one run, a solo run by Vinny Pasquitino. He was able to get his sixth home run season, and Zach Granke, he was dominant. Six and a third innings, well, I don't know about dominant, but he didn't give up any runs. He winds up giving up nine hits as the White Sox go two of 13 with men in scoring position. From there, you do wind up having Jose Cuas give up two runs in an inning as Grandy for the Chicago White Sox off of him. Mr. Yasmani Grandel, third home run season. Then Andrew Vaughn will go deep off of Scott Barlow for his 12th home run season. Barlow gives up that solo run over the course of his inning at Wyatt Mills. Gives you a pair of outs out of the bullpen and for the White Sox. Bullpen did not wind up helping out our good friend Dylan Sees. Joe Kelly has been terrible all season. Gives up two runs in a third of an inning. Matt Foster gives up a run in an inning and... Jose Ruiz was able to come in for two outs, but gave up a run along the way as Kansas City. They go three of nine with men in scoring position. And hey, for Kansas City, we've seen a little bit of a turnaround here for them. They wind up being able to win the series against the Boston Red Sox. Here in this series against the Chicago White Sox, they wind up being able to take the final two games of this series as well. So all of a sudden, you might have something here with the Kansas City Royals, as I believe that they have now went... 5-1 and one in their last six games. The answer is after they wound up losing as a big favorite to Texas on Wednesday. They restored order on Thursday. 7-3. They wind up taking down the Rangers as Cole Reagans. He's tossed around like a rag as he gets four and a third innings in the books but gives up five runs along the way as Martin Maldonado gets his 12th home run season and Alex Bregman is 14th. From there, he had two runs of two innings surrendered by Garrett Richards who's got about a 10 ERA on the bullpen over the last 50 days and John King is able to give you five outs on the bullpen without allowing a thing. Marcus Simeon's been able to heat up by the way. 17th home run season. That comes off of one. Rafael Montero allows a run in an inning. Seth Martinez did allow two runs in his inning but Fran Bervaldez seven scoreless, eight punch outs. He was dominant so the Astros. They went to being able to get the W and all of a sudden the Houston Astros 
They're looking for the moniker of best record out there in the big leagues. They are now 72-41, and 41, and the New York Yankees, right now they are sitting at 71-41. and 41. So they have been overtaken. The New York Yankees have been. The Baltimore Orioles, they are gunning for one of those playoff spots, but they wind up falling short against the Boston Red Sox 4-3. Really random one-game series, and this is technically the first series win for the Boston Red Sox against an American League East team all season long as for Baltimore, Dean Kramer did not have it in this one. Four runs surrendered in five and a third innings before Brian Baker, Keegan Aiken both lend a scoreless setting and Nick Vespi and out on the bullpen. And Ode Mateo is league-leading 27th steal in this one in the American League. And for the Orioles, they did go two of nine with men in scoring position. A not-so-great start here from Josh Winkowski. Three runs surrendered in five and two-thirds innings, but bullpen was able to do their part. Austin Davidson out of the bullpen. John Schreiber, two scoreless innings to be able to get a two-inning save. And Matt Barnes, a scoreless inning as well. The Field of Dreams game wound up featuring a hologram of Harry Carey singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game and not a lot of offense. Four to two. The Chicago Cubs wind up getting it done as they score three out of their four runs in the first inning. Drew Smiley, actually a really good start. Nine punch outs and five scoreless innings. Michael Rucker, he winds up giving up two runs in an inning before Brandon Hughes was able to deliver two scoreless. And Rowan Wick gets the save with a scoreless inning of his own as the Cubs. They go three of 16 with men in scoring position and the Cincinnati Reds one of 12. So that wasn't great. Nick Lodolo, also not great. Four runs surrendered and four and two-thirds innings, giving up four walks and seven hits along the way. From there, the bullpen, which for the Reds says north of a five ERA this season. Not bad. Alexis Diaz strikes out the side and in scoreless inning. Joe Kuno, Hunter Strickland, they both give you a scoreless inning. A Buck Farmer, one and a third inning scoreless, but nothing doing on the offensive side of things. Lots doing for the offenses out there in the NL West. So as the Arizona Diamondbacks, they take down the Pittsburgh Pirates by a count of nine to three. And for the Pirates, JT Burbaker, not a bad start here. He does wind up giving up a home run, but he only gives up two runs over the course of five innings. But then from there, J.C. Young, who's been relatively solid this year, gives up three runs while getting just four outs. Yuri De Los Santos, this is an ERA booster. No outs, it gives up four runs before Dwayne Underwood Jr. cleans up the mess, getting the final five outs for Arizona. It was Emmanuel Rivera wound up getting his eighth home run season. Merrill Kelly, not his greatest start here either. He winds up giving up three runs over the course of five innings, but... The Arizona bullpen from there was able to hold it down. Joe Mantiply along with Mark Melanson both give you a scoreless setting, and then you had a combined two scoreless settings out of Tyler Holton and Kevin Ginkle to be able to get that one to the window, and you did wind up seeing the Colorado Rockies take down the St. Louis Cardinals by a count of 8-6 to six as Nolan Arenado against his former team in the ninth inning had a chance to tie or take the lead. Was unable to do so, though he does wind up going deep a little bit earlier in this game. He and Paul Goldschmidt both wind up taking Alex Colomay for a ride. Goldschmidt, 27th home run season. Arenado is 24th. And then you had Nolan Gorman earlier in the game get his 13th home run season off of one. Odomon Marquez. Marquez a good start. Two runs surrendered in six innings. He's now given up two runs of fury in five out of his last seven starts. Lucas Gobreth, Carlos Aceves both give a scoreless hang out of the bullpen. Daniel Bart. And things get hairy. He allows a run in the ninth inning, but it's able to get the save. And Alex Galmay, he gave up three runs and didn't get a single out while giving up both of those home runs. And you do mind seeing Genesis Cabrera out of the bullpen give up a pair of bombs as well. Ryan McMahon, 12th home run season. Brandon Rogers, his 11th as it was not great for our good friend, Mr. Cabrera. He gives up four runs without getting a single out as Dakota Hudson. Not a bad start here. Six punch outs, two runs allowed over the course of five innings. Jordan Nix from there, though. He did wind up giving up two runs in one and a third innings before the Woodford. Jake Woodford 
was able to go one and two-thirds inning scoreless. And if you're taking a look at Major League Baseball right now, it's been a little bit of an under-season thus far, but we have seen the overs be able to have a nice run of things over the last three days. As a matter of fact, over the last three days, 52.5% of games have won over the total 178 overs to 161 unders. And in this time span, favorites have been inning at a 62.8% clip to earn 25 and 133 is the straight-up record. And home favorites doing a little bit better job of being able to cover the run line 144 and 77 straight up. That is over 65% straight up for home favorites, but they have been able to cover 106 of those games. So doing a little bit of a better job of being able to win by multiple runs because overall for the season, home favorites are 635 and 421 straight up, but in 196 instances, the home favorite has failed to win by multiple runs to be able to cover that run line. And if you're taking a look overall for the season, 808 unders to 771 overs. That's a 51.2% underrate. And overall for the season, favorites 993 and 667. 59.8%. So that's what we wound up seeing in Major League Baseball on Thursday, and that's what we're getting trend-wise. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the American League playoff picture and the Seattle Mariners with our good friend Curtis Rogers, who does Seattle Mariners pre- and post-game work. That's on the other side, right here on the Baseball Winning Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Decent Family Podcast. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. 
Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. We're back here in Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast, and always great to have this guest aboard as 
He does absolutely tremendous work over there at 710 Seattle Sports. He does pre- and post-game hosting for the Seattle Mariners. He also does the Seattle Sports Night and Seattle Sports Saturday podcast. This man is a tireless worker. You've heard him on my college basketball podcast as well as it is Curtis Rogers, a man that you're able to follow on Twitter at a kid from Kent. Same handle on his Instagram as well. And Curtis, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Greg, I must return the, the, the kind words. It's always a pleasure to hop on with you. I mean, this has been an incredible run the Mariners have been on for the course of a month here. Not so much after the All-Star break, but if you look at the totality of things over the last couple of months, they have really, really been able to turn their season around. And it was a dramatic series against the Yankees, especially Games 2 and Game 3. So they've definitely been making a lot of noise in that American League wildcard race. They certainly have, and let's dive into that because Luis Castillo in his two starts against the Yankees as a Mariner and his other start against the Reds, he was very solid against them. But I, what did it mean for the Mariners to be able to take two of three from the Yankees? A Yankees team that all of a sudden, by the way, 7-13 in the last 20 games. But I take a look at this Mariners team, and I thought that it was very critical that they wanted picking up some wins against the Yankees because this is really the toughest part of their schedule. Now, why is it getting a little bit easier now that they cleared these games? And I think they put themselves in tremendous footing, especially with taking two of three the last few days. Absolutely. And you look at their schedule that comes up. There's obviously that huge series at the end of the month, four games against Cleveland. So you got to be able to stack as many wins as possible prior to that. But you talk about what it means for being able to take a series against the Yankees. This is the second series they've taken against them. They won the season series four games to two. Aaron Boone, the Yankees manager, he mentioned after the game that he feels like this Mariners team is for real. He also specifically mentioned their bullpen and their pitching rotation just as a whole as reasons why, and I tend to agree with him because the Mariners offense, they've been dealing with a lot of injuries. Ty France, Mitch Hanniger, Julio Rodriguez have all missed significant time at some point this season. They're just working on getting everybody back. Julio Rodriguez was activated off the injured list late on Thursday, so he's expected to be back in the lineup on Friday, which will be a nice addition to that Mariners lineup. But just looking at how they're able to to win lately, I mean, it has been through pitching. It has been the starting rotation. It has been that bullpen. It's interesting to see the bullpen pitch kind of to the level what they were in 2021, which is one of the best units in all of baseball. When I remember us talking earlier in the season, Greg, and their bullpen was nowhere near as locked down as it's been. We've seen guys like Penn Murphy come out of nowhere. Andres Munoz has been incredible over the last couple of months. And then Paul Sewald has continued to be his regular self. Diego Castillo has looked good again. So they're getting contributions, not just from a couple of arms, but it's really a much more well-rounded effort. And I think that is going to be a big reason why I think the Mariners continue to stick around in that American League wildcard race as they hold down you know, one of those three spots. And we saw one of the most underrated moves I think we have seen in quite some time with the Mariners as well, because we all talk about trade deadline acquisitions, things of this nature. What does it mean with Mitch Hanniger coming back into the fold for the Mariners? Because this guy was tremendous for them last season when they were very close to making the postseason. It was Hanniger that time and time again wound up coming up with that big hit. And I think that that is a tremendous boost for the Mariners as they try to be able to track down one of those playoff spots. It was a massive lift in that Yankee series. Uh, he had three hits in one game. He hit a bomb of a home run in one of those games and then also came up with some nice hitting in the finale of the three-game series. Uh, I believe he scored one of the game's four runs for the Mariners. Yeah, adding Mitch Hanniger, I mean, there were questions as to whether or not the Mariners were going to add a bat at the deadline. I was of the school of thought that they really needed to add a bat 
to the starting nine, whether it be a starter or, or just a guy that can come off the bench. But it is a luxury to have one of your very best veteran players who had missed pretty much the entire season be able to come back at this time of the year when you're playing your most important baseball. Now, the big question with Mitch Hanniger remains, can he stay healthy for this final two-month stretch of the season? Remains to be seen. He's dealt with plenty of injuries in his career, some injuries just of the unspeakable variety. If you recall, a few years ago, he took one where uh, not many would want to take one, forcing him to miss uh, quite a bit of time in the 2019 season. He missed all of 2020, came back in 2021. Like you mentioned, had a great season, hitting early 40 home runs a year ago. Right now, he is giving them some professional at-bats. He's got that OPS up near 900 right now. So to add a guy like that at the trade deadline and not have to give up anything is a tremendous luxury. I think that that is going to be massive for them moving forward. Joining me on the podcast, we do have Curtis Rogers, who does a great job with Seattle Mariners pre- and post-game hosting. And I mean, it has gotten tighter than a fat man in spandex when it comes to this American League playoff picture because obviously you've got the Mariners holding down one of the spots, but the Baltimore Orioles are just a half a game back of the Tampa Bay Rays with regards to one of those spots as well. The Twins are one game back, and that AL Central in general is going to be very interesting. How do you see this playing out? Because we've seen the Blue Jays now lose a few games. I think that they wind up getting in because at home they've got the advantage of all players must be vaccinated when they wind up going to Toronto, and I think that that's going to help them win out. And guys like Jose Barrios and company, they just pitch so much better at home rather than on the road. But I take a look at this playoff picture, and, I mean, it's not far-fetched to think that we might get multiple teams from the AL Central that wind up making it in. Baltimore, very, very much alive in this race. Absolutely. I, th- I think the thing that I will be watching the most over the season's final month and a half here are those Orioles and Blue Jays games. They meet, I believe, 15 times over the season's final like eight or nine weeks here, which that is really going to have a massive, massive say in how this wild card chase plays out. Let's say the Orioles have success and they overtake the Blue Jays. That's going to be a stunner, obviously. The Blue Jays are one of the most talented teams in the bigs. But if it goes the Blue Jays' way, then you can pretty much kiss the Orioles' hopes goodbye. You look at the Mariners. They have seven games against Cleveland. That's going to be a huge decider in how this wildcard chase plays out. I look at Baltimore. They're only a half game back. I mean, I don't want to discredit what they've been able to do this season, but it, it does kind of feel like you're waiting for their balloon to pop, especially since they approached the trade deadline as sellers. You traded away one of your best bats in Trey Mancini. Obviously, that didn't go over well in their clubhouse, considering the fact that they're still very much you know, in wildcard contention, just a half game back right now on August 11th. I mean, who would have thought that the Orioles would be in this position right now? And I look at the rest of the American League wildcard race, I still believe in Toronto. I think they are a team that, it, when all is said and done, they are going to be there in the wild card round. I think the Mariners are another team who I believe in. I think they have the best pitching staff of any of these teams that are kind of clumped in there, Toronto, Tampa, Baltimore, Minnesota, in terms of just starting rotation and bullpen. I'm not a believer in Toronto's bullpen again. I think they did not do enough to address that in this last offseason. And I look at Tampa right now. They just have kind of been able to get by this season, but they don't really jump off the page at me. I look at Minnesota and Chicago, those two teams, again, kind of the same thing as Tampa. So I look at it right now as probably the three teams that are in the wild card right now. I feel most comfortable 
saying that they will be there at season's end. But as we know, those matchups between Baltimore and Toronto and then the seven between Cleveland and Seattle, those are going to have a big say in what goes on, especially because Cleveland, they're just a shade up on Minnesota right now in that American League Central race. So Cleveland could fall right back into this uh, American League wildcard fray as well. And what I think is also interesting with the race that's going to be on the podcast, it is Curtis Rogers and I mean, anyone that's counted out the Rays in recent years, it has been a trick of fools, to say the least, as the Rays, they always seem to be able to put it together. But the one thing I'm concerned about with the Rays is that they've got no home run power whatsoever. Isaac Paredes right now leading the team with 14 home runs at a 217 average. I don't know if they have enough offense to be able to make the postseason. Meanwhile, with the Orioles, and these two teams are going to be hooking up for a big set on Friday. I know you were talking about Orioles versus Blue Jays, but these series I think are very big as well. They've had Anthony Santander really get online. The former number one overall pick, Adelie Rushman, has been able to really improve over the last 45 days or so. I take a look at the series between Baltimore and Tampa Bay, and if the Orioles are able to take a few in this series, I think they could wind up putting the Rays' hopes of being able to make the postseason in a little bit of peril. I look at this Orioles team. I I saw a stat today since the call-up of Adley Rushman back in June. The Orioles have had a better record than the Yankees, which is wild to think about considering the payrolls that both those teams are playing with and also the talent level I think that a lot of us looked at with both of those teams at the beginning of the year. But Rutschman has been incredible over the last few weeks. I believe he's got an on-base percentage up over 500 right now over his last X amount of games. I forget how long it's been, but... He has really, really lived up to the billing of being the top prospect in baseball over the last few weeks. I know he got off to the really slow start to his Major League Baseball career. He had that triple in his debut, but ever since then, he had a slow patch, but now he is back among one of the very best uh, young players in all of baseball. So what he has given that Baltimore team, legitimacy. And I think he also was kind of a signaling to the rest of the organization of like, all right, we're done tearing this down. We're done going after, you know, the number one overall pick every single year. Like, it's time for us to start to put everything together. And just with his call-up, it has sort of lifted all tides or uh, rising boat lifts all tides or whatever it is. I forget the saying, but... One of them! <laughs> Yeah, rising tide lifts all boats. There it is. So I think what Rutschman has been able to do with that Baltimore team is really just kind of light a fire underneath them. I know they've got also other tremendous prospects waiting in the wings. Grayson Rodriguez at some point will be up probably next year, or maybe if they want to give him a go at the end of the season. We see it every now and then where teams will call up their top pitching prospects, use them out of the bullpen or something like that near the end of the season as they make a run towards the postseason. But yeah, this is an Orioles team that they're here right now in 2022, and I don't expect them to go to go away in 23 or, or 24. I think this is kind of the start of something that could be really fun out there in Birdland. I agree with you. I think that this is going to be really interesting to take a look at in that series between the Orioles and the race. Much more significant than we thought it was going to be at the beginning of the season. As joining me on the podcast, we do have Curtis Rogers. does a great job doing pre- and post-game hosting for the Seattle Mariners. And then just taking a look overall at the landscape of baseball. Has there been a team over the last few weeks that you've been either 
really starting to sour on, or is there a team that you're really starting to warm up on? Because we're talking about it while these playoff races, they're getting hot and heavy. Has there been a team that you maybe had a little bit of a change of heart on the last few weeks with the way that they've been playing? I wouldn't say that I'm all the way out on the Yankees in the American League. That would be kind of foolish of me, but with them losing seven of eight, just kind of seeing them up close, I wouldn't say they're nearly as sure of a bet in the American League to win the league and to win the pennant and go to the World Series. Personally, just having watched both teams up close and personal this season, I put the Astros right now is better than the Yankees in the American League and simply Astros pitching staff is, their bullpen, and then that offense. I mean, it's such a juggernaut. Uh, now, the Yankees don't have Giancarlo Stanton in their lineup right now. They were missing Anthony Rizzo this week as, as well, so those were two big bats that they weren't able to use against the Mariners. But right now, just those two teams, I would put the Astros ahead of the Yankees. I think this is going to be a very, very tight race in the American League between those two teams coming down to the stretch here as they fight for home field advantage throughout the playoffs. But if I were to put my money on either one of those teams making it to the World Series, I think I would go with both hands right now on the Astros ahead of the Yankees just based off of what I've been able to see from, from both those teams in person. And I think the biggest thing for the Astros as well is that the bullpen just looks so much better for them right yeah. now because with the Yankees, when Coy Holmes was rolling, it was absolutely massive for them. And we've seen that Yankees bullpen regress. And I think the Astros are just built a little bit more for October in general because the pitching, in my opinion, is a little bit better. I have no idea why the Yankees traded away Jordan Montgomery. I think that that's a move that could wind up biting them in the butt when it's all said and done because you can never have enough pitching going into the home stretch of the season. You don't know when someone winds up getting injured at the worst time. And with the Yankees, they rely on the deep ball, which you're going to get those home runs in July and August. When the weather cools down in September and October, those balls that are flying out, they might die at the warning track, and that could be the difference. It really could. And and look, there's got to be something to be said about the Astros and their recent playoff history. Now, say what you want about their 2017 World Championship. They followed it up with an American League championship berth in 2020, making it to the World Series in 2019 and 2021. It's not like... 2017 was their only year in which they were good and they've been good even after the fallout of the investigation by major league baseball so i mean they are built for october as much hate as they get across major league baseball they've still been able to produce at a very high clip i mean they took what the nationals to seven games in 2019 in the world series they took the braves to six games in the world series a year ago so it's not like you know they're just this flash in the pan organization they've been built to be sustainable and that's what they've been and it's just amazing how they're able to do it year in and year out and it's hard to pick against them come October especially in the American League considering that they've really had a stranglehold or a monopoly on just the postseason success over the last what half decade now I agree with you I do think that the Astros looking very solid and Trey Boom Boom Mancini we were talking about the Orioles and the fact that they're still going for it, even though they traded away a few pieces. Three home runs since getting traded to the Houston Astros. Exactly what the doctor ordered and exactly what the doctor ordered for this podcast is a great chat with you, Curtis. You're doing amazing work over there in the city of Seattle. A lot of work with the Mariners. And 
I know that once the NFL season gets started, you do a little bit with the Seahawks as well. So a lot of good people at home know it's all on tap for you. Now people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, so we've got extra innings this week. Uh, chatted with Levi Weaver of The Athletic. He covers the Texas Rangers. Getting a good read on, on what they're doing as an organization. That is available for download. It'll be available for download when this podcast is available for download, Greg. Yeah. Yeah, so make sure you're downloading that at seattlesports.com or wherever it is you get your podcasts. And then, yeah, Seahawks season is starting. Preseason starts this weekend. I will not start until the regular season doing that. So we're still about three or four weeks away from my journey into the NFL season. So that comes up in the month of September. But, yeah, it's ramping up when football season and baseball season sort of cross paths up here i get even busier and then it's college basketball season two in the midst of all of that greg always look forward to uh when we chat in college basketball podcast too because that time of year is obviously your favorite it's my favorite time of year too when one season ends another one begins and curtis he does a great job of tackling all of them the only thing that i ask is while you're away from doing the seattle seahawks work do not bring in hologram Harry Carey, please. Let the dead rest on that one. I can't believe what I want to see on the Field of Dreams broadcast and a dead man that wound up doing the take me out to the ball game singing. But with that said, we've got Curtis Rogers, hardest working man in the business. As long as there's humans filling in for Curtis Rogers, it is acceptable. And I mean, the guy does a little bit of everything. He doesn't need a hologram to get the job done. And he did so once again on this podcast today. Big thanks for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time podcast to give you fix and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for. Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here at Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the VC Family Podcast. And it is always a pleasure to get our good friend Curtis Rogers on the show. He does a great job over there at 710 Seattle Sports. That is the flagship station of the Seattle Mariners out there in the great city of Seattle. Always brings great insights whenever he's on this podcast. And you know what? Those Seattle Mariners are having a pretty darn good year. So big thanks to Curtis for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it. So it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNNRSQuarty1. We're going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we wind up going with the National League games first and the American League games and any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom. That'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy. So without further ado, let's get started with 951-952 on the betting board. It is the Atlanta Braves on the road facing up against the Miami Marlins. Pablo Lopez goes for the Marlins. And Jake Odorizzi is going to be on the bump for Atlanta. No numbers currently up on this game. Many of us were thinking Max Freed was going to get the start and said it is going to be Jake Odorizzi. So that's why we've got no numbers up on this game. But... With that said, I did wind up making the Braves a minus 127 favorite in this spot, and in eight or less, I'll be looking at an over eight and a half prior to the under, which that will likely buck a trend that we've been seeing of the Marlins not having exceeded three runs all month long, but if they're going to do it against someone, it's probably going to be against Jake Odorizzi, who has not been too impressive, giving up at least three runs, and now three out of his last four starts, with two of those starts coming against the Oakland A's. Has not necessarily been the world's greatest season from 376 ERA. The numbers as a whole, they don't look terrible. It's been giving up right around 2.8-ish walks per nine innings. Strikeouts per nine, nothing impressive. Right around some punch outs per nine innings. Opponents are going to get 238 off of them, but just take a look at the way that he's been pitching. And quite honestly, I believe that he's been getting a tad bit lucky, and he's also had the benefits of going against, we're going to call it what it is, some poopy teams. And for Pablo Lopez, regression has been very real for him. Four-plus runs rendered in three out of his last four starts. And for Pablo, he certainly has been able to do a better job when he has been on the road, actually, rather than at home. 386 home area rather than a 334 area on the road, though. He's only given up four home runs in 53 and two-thirds innings at home. Ten bombs in 70 innings on the road, but certainly has been a curious case with him as he's been able to get right around nine punch shots per nine innings. But Atlanta, they back up Odorizzi with a relatively solid bullpen. They rank second in the National League right now. Tyler Matzik has come off the injured list. He's looked solid. A.J. Minter has been able to give you some relatively solid innings. Jackson Stevens is someone that's able to give you multiple innings. He's been providing a sub-3 ERA. And Kirby Yates now back in full for the team as well for Miami. They do wind up trading away Anthony Bass at the trade deadline, but you still have guys that are able to rely upon Anthony Benders off the injured list, Richard Blyer, Dylan Floro, both of these guys. But posting up right around a four ERA, Stephen Oakert has been solid. The big thing for the Miami Marlins is that they're just not putting bat to ball right now, as this is a fish bunch that have once again scored three runs or fewer in every single game this month. And 
Right now, the only guy that is healthy that has been able to give this team a double-digit amount of homers is Jesus Aguirre. Sometimes Jesus Aguirre has been in there as well, but he's been quite banged up as well. And you just take a look at this lineup. You got Garrett Cooper hitting at 275. Not a lot of power, but he's been able to move the line. Joey Wendell, Luke Williams, both hitting right around 260. And then you got a whole bunch of guys like Sanchez, who I mentioned earlier, Jacob Stallings, Brian De La Cruz, Luan Diaz, all these guys hitting at 210 or lower. And then for the Atlanta Braves, Austin Riley has been incredible for this team, hitting right around a 300 with 30 bombs. Matt Olson has really been able to get hot with the deep balls. Ball has been a little bit hit or miss with him in terms of the average this season, but eight home runs over the last three days, hitting for a 320 on base in that time span. You've been able to have Michael Harris, the second, do a solid job of be able to crank out the deep ball a little bit. He's hitting right around at 275 as well. Both catchers, William Contreras along Travis Arno, both hitting above a 255. Both have a double-digit amount of homers, so very rock-solid lineup with being able to have someone like a Ronald Acuna Jr. doing a nice job of being able to move the line as well. I do think that Lopez is going to be able to pitch a little bit better in this spot. Jake Odorizzi probably has a little bit of a disadvantage in terms of the starting bullpen matchup, but the big edge when it comes to the hitting, that winds up going to the Braves, and you also wind up having the better bullpen with the Braves as well, so do mind us saying them at a minus 127, and like I said, 8 or less, I'm going to be taking a look at an over 8.5 or higher to the under as we go 9.53, 9.54 on the betting board. It is the Slam Diego Padres in their face off against Washington. Washington Nationals. Corey Abbott is going to be going for the Nats, and Mike Levenger is on the bump for the Pods. Padres are a big favorite between minus 220 and minus 230. Meanwhile, plus 195 to plus 205 is your price on Washington minus the total. The over is minus 120, and the under is even. And if you're looking at the run line, you're laying a minus 135 with the Slam Diego Padres, and that's one to lay up to a minus 155 with them. We saw what they were able to do in the back half of their series against the San Francisco Giants. They wind up putting up a 13 spot in the final game, and in the last two games, a combined 20 runs. So I do think that this is a Padres bunch that after a couple of rough games, they're starting to find it as a collective, as you now have a trio of guys that will be able to give you at least 20 home runs. And Manny Machado, Juan Soto, Brandon Drury, these guys have been incredibly impressive. And you do take a look at Machado, only in about a 230 since the beginning of the month of July, but you've been able to have Jerickson Profar, Hassan Kim, Austin Nola, Jake Cronenworth move lining between about a 240 to a 250. You got to figure that Josh Bell is going to be able to pick it up a little bit as well. He's been hitting overall for the season right around a 285, only about a 231 since coming over to San Diego, but I think that he's going to be able to do a nice job. Padres' bullpen still leaves a little bit of something to be desired. Josh Hader, since the beginning of the month of July, dating back to his time with Brewers, has not necessarily been himself. Adrian Motohon has not necessarily been too tremendous. Nick Martinez has been an okay long guy when they've needed him out of the bullpen. About Christmas, though, has seen a little bit of regression, but for Corey or Abbott, after he wound up having a nice first start against the New York Mets, Reality wound up setting in, and he gave up seven runs and three and two-thirds innings against the Philadelphia Phillies, and quite frankly, this is not a guy that's necessarily fully stretched out. He's got a one home ERA compared to a 17-18 road ERA. Got to figure that those splits are going to iron out just a little bit, because funny to be able to take a look at these guys with a very small sample size, and for Abbott, he doesn't have the world's worst stuff, but I don't think that he's ready to be a big league starter. He's 
getting starts out of necessity, and he's backed up by Washington National seeing that they are dead last in the National League in terms of home runs on a per-game basis. They wind up trading away their big two mashers in Juan Soto, coupled with Josh Bell. Now, Wayne Thomas has been able to give the team 10 home runs, and you do have guys that are able to move the line, get on base. Luis Garcia has been able to 285, Yadier Hernandez, right around 270. And then you've got Thomas, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, Nelson Cruz, Asa Hernandez, they're in their key bet only between about a 235 to a 245. So you do have a little bit of consistency there, but deep ball has not been too prevalent. And for the Washington Nationals, the bullpen isn't terrible. Over the last two months, they've been a leg average bullpen. You've been able to get some relatively solid innings out of Erasmo Ramirez. His ERA is back below a 375. Kyle Finnegan is in that fold as well. Carl Edwards Jr. has been able to do a solid job. 332 ERA. You don't necessarily have that one lockdown guy for the team, but you've been able to have quite a few guys come on whenever Mason Thompson has been out there. He's been able to do a relatively solid job, but I do think that Mike Clevenger is starting to come into his own as well and should be able to dominate a Washington Nationals team that they just don't have a whole bunch of power in the lineup. And for Clevenger, his big bugaboo has been that he's given up right around 1.3 home runs per nine innings. His walks per nine rate, that's a little bit north of three. He gets right around eight and a half punch outs per nine innings. Wound up having a rough life start against the LA Dodgers, but a lot of folks wind up start struggling against the LA Dodgers, really, other than his start at Colorado in Coors Field. He's been able to limit himself to three earned runs or fewer surrendered in all of his other road starts. I do think that he's going to be able to have success in this spot against a bad Washington Nationals lineup. And I do think that the Padres going to be a light Mr. Abbott ablaze here. So my total at a 9.2. I'm looking over and I'm willing to lay the chalky run line here with the San Diego Padres. was willing to go up to a minus 155 on that run line. 955, 956 on the bank board. The Philadelphia Phillies at the road face off against the New York Mets. As Matt Max Scherzer is going to be going for the Mets and Rangers Suarez is on the bump for the Phillies. Phillies are a pretty big underdog here as you're going to be getting them between a plus 155 to a plus 165 between minus 180 and minus 185. Your price on the Mets 7 is the total. The over is minus 120. The under is even. And if you're looking at a run line, you're going to be finding that between plus 115 and plus 120. With the Mets, I needed at least a plus 110 to be able to take a shot. So this is within what I am willing to take. And for Rangers, Suarez, just been a case where he needs to do a better job in terms of command as he's been giving up about 3.4 walks per nine innings with him not necessarily being a big strikeout guy, getting right around 7.3-ish strikeouts per nine innings. That is a little bit of an issue now to the credit of Rangers Suarez. It is nine starts on the road, 6-1 record, 287 ERA. So he's been able to do a great job whenever he has been away from Philadelphia, but in his one start against the Mets, did not wind up completing a full three innings, giving up three runs along the way. That was a very putrid start, and it's a mess bunch that they're playing with all sorts of confidence. Pete Alonso, who's been absolutely incredible all season long, 29 homers. is 96 RBI, if that's not leading the league, it is darn close to it. Francisco Lindor has pumped out 20 bombs. He's got north of 80 RBI as he has been just completely on fire. Jeff McNeil, whenever he's been out there, he's been a little bit banged up. Sterling Marte, both inning above at 290 for this bunch as well. Brandon Nimmo, Mark Hanna, along with Lindor, I mentioned earlier, hitting between about a 264 to a 270. Now with the Mets, the bullpen has been very solid recently. I do have my question marks with it, with guys like Adonis Medina and company, but Adam Adovino overall for the season, sub 230 ERA. Seth Lugo has been a little bit up and down, but Edwin Diaz has been the best ninth inning guy in all of baseball. And for the Phillies, ever since we wound up seeing the canning of Joe Girardi, this has been a top 10 bullpen with Corey Knable doing a solid job in the 7th inning. Sir Anthony Dominguez, Brad Hand, they've been able to come in, they've been able to hold down the fort. And for the Philadelphia 
Philadelphia Phillies. Not like they burned through their bullpen yesterday either. You did have Corey Knebel throw, but only 12 pitches. So most of their trustworthy guys are out there. The big question for the team is just being able to get a little bit of offense. As you do have guys that are able to get on base for you. JT Riamito, Derek Hall, in between about a 265 to 275. And then Reese Hoskins. 340 on base, 20 plus home runs out of him. And Kyle Schwarber, he's got the deep ball. 34 home runs, but he had to leave the game with a calf strain yesterday. So, got to figure that he might be out of the fold. Then that might wind up pushing Brandon Marsh and Matt Veerling into that starting fold. That does wind up hurting the Philadelphia Phillies here as well. I do think that they should be able to scratch across a few runs, even though it is Matt Max Scherzer. And Scherzer has been nothing short of magnificent. How about right around 11.3 strikeouts per nine innings? Fewer than two walks per nine innings has given up just eight home runs this season. Ever since coming off the injured list, three runs or fewer given up in every one of his starts. He has been very dominant at home thus far this season. Buck 77 ERA. So I think that he's going to be able to bear down. But I do think that the Mets are going to be able to get to the Phillies in this spot. This is a Mets offense that, I mean, they are firing all cylinders. They've really only played one true under over the last eight or so games with the way that their offense has been going, as I believe that they have scored five runs or more in all but one game thus far this month. And I do think that that Mets offense going to continue to be a constant here. So I told at some point, too. So I'm looking at the over on seven, and I'm willing to take the run line at a little bit of plus one a year with the Mets needed at least a plus 110 there. 957, 958 on the bank board. The Milwaukee Bears at third face off against the St. Louis Cardinals. Jordan Montgomery is going to be going for the cards, and Eric. Lowers on the bump for the Brew Crew. 7.5 to 8 is your total. On the 8, the under is minus 115 to minus 120. The over is between minus 105 and even money. And if you're looking at the 7.5, over is minus 120. The under is even with the Brew Crew. And between plus 135 and plus 147 is your price on them. Meanwhile, with the guards, you're finding them between minus 155 and minus 162. And when it comes to the crew, I need at least a plus 142 to take a shot. So we're seeing north of a plus 145 popping up. I'm going to be willing to take that plus price with Milwaukee. Now, for Eric Lauer, it has been very touch and go for him, especially on the road. He's got a 265 home area compared to a 447 on the road, giving up 20 home runs as far this season. That ranks in the top eight in all the big leagues. So you do have your concerns there, giving up right around 1.7 home runs per nine innings. But You've got a Cardinals team that is going to be coming off of elevation, which we've seen in the past wind up affecting quite a few teams. You wind up going to Coors, and then that first game back, you wind up being a little bit flat. So I do think that that's going to play in favor of Eric Lauer, along with Brewers getting a day off yesterday. Well, the St. Louis Cardinals did not with their bullpen, as the Brewers have had Brad Boxberger, Hobie Milner be able to provide sub-two ERAs in terms of earned runs, because there's been a couple unearned runs. Devin Williams has allowed an earned run in just one out of his last 33 appearances overall. He's been rock solid. Now, Matt Bush, since coming over from the Texas Rangers, has not been so great. But for the St. Louis Cardinals, they did wind up having to use a Genesis Cabrera yesterday. Now, maybe they able to get good innings out of Ryan Helsley. He's got a sub-one ERA. Johnny Vani Gallegos has been able to do a solid job as well. And then, you just take a look at this Cardinals offense. The two guys in the middle, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, has been nothing short of magnificent. They combined 51 home runs thus far this season. Nolan Gorman has been able to do a good job of going yard as well. Only about a 240 for Mr. Gorman, but the young 22-year-old, he's been able to pound up five home runs 
in his last 60 at-bats, so that has been good for this team. And then Paul DeYoung, who wound up having a really bad start to the season, as a matter of fact, got sent down to AAA. Since he has resurfaced from AAA, he has been inning above a 300 for this bunch, so that has been solid as well. You need guys like a Corey Dickerson to be able to pick it up a little bit, but they got back Brandon Donovan. Yesterday, he was hitting right around 280, and then the Brewers don't necessarily have those guys that do a great job of moving the line. Mark Barrasso is the only guy that's really hitting above a 260 for this bunch, but you do have quite a few guys that have been okay at being able to get on base. As when he's been out there, Jonathan Davis along with Colton Wong, Andrew McCutcheon, Christian Yelich, only between about a 250 to 260. You've got Rowdy Tellez, William Adams combining for 45 home runs thus far this season. Then Hunter Renfro, he's been able to get a home run every, we're going to call it about 14 or so at bats. He's been able to 245 as well. For the St. Louis Cardinals, I do think that you're going to be able to get a relatively good start out of Jordan Montgomery. The big specialty with Mr. Jordan Montgomery is that he just doesn't offer up any walks whatsoever. His walks per nine rate is in the neighborhood of two. Doesn't necessarily get a bunch of swings and misses. Seven strikeouts per nine innings. His first start with the Cardinals was very solid. Five scoreless settings against the Yankees. Gotta wonder if... That new car smell winds up wearing off just a little bit, though, because you take a look at the end of his tenure with the Yankees. He wound up giving up three-plus runs in three out of his last four starts. One of those starts wound up being a home start against Kansas City Royals, where he wound up getting tattooed a little bit. So that is a little bit of an issue. And I do think that Montgomery going to be able to experience a little bit of a resurgence here with the Cardinals. But I do think that this is a little bit of a bad spot for St. Louis coming back off of their road trip to Colorado. was one take a plus 142 or greater with the Brewers. So I'm going to be looking there. I did wind up sending my total at an 8.1 as well. The Cardinals and he used up a little bit of their bullpen and lower. He's been giving up the deep ball this year. So looking at the over to go along with Milwaukee. 959, 960. This is going to be the DK Nation pick as we got the Arizona Diamondbacks on the road facing off against the Red Rockies. Antonio Sensatella is going to be going for the Rockies and Zach Davies is on the bump for Arizona. 12.5 is your total with the under at a minus 115. The over is minus 105. For Colorado, find them between minus 120 to minus 125 favorites. Between plus 105 and plus 110, your price on Arizona. I do look at the Rockies in this situation. I wound up saying them minus 131, so I see a little bit of an edge there, but set my total at 11.8. I'm going to be looking at the under with the DK Nation pick, which always a little bit of a roll of the dice with Antonio Sensatella because when it comes to Antonio Sensatella, you know that the ball's going to be in play. Opponents are in a 351 overall off of him this season, and at Coors Field, that balloons to a 361, but what he's been able to do a very solid job of Keeping the ball in the yard, less than a home run per nine innings surrendered. Out of Sensatella, 2.2 walks per nine innings, so the command has been there. And for Zach Davies, since coming off the injured list, it has been a little bit touch and go for him. First start off the injured list, not great. Gives up four runs in two innings against the Cleveland Guardians. Winds up storming back on Sunday against his very Colorado Rockies team. Winds up firing five scoreless innings, so that was impressive. And for Zach Davies, he's been able to do a good job of being able to control the walks as well, dating back to what we wound up seeing in June. This is someone that has provided about one and a half walks per start in his last 14 starts, which was really a bugaboo for him last season while he was in Chicago. He had more than three and a half walks per nine innings. And for Davies, he does have a 4.95 ERA on the road thus far this season. That's not necessarily ideal, but in his two starts against Colorado, 11 and a third innings has yet to give up a run against them. So he's been doing a relatively solid job against this team for the Arizona Diamondbacks. You do have a bullpen that is in some cases good, in some cases bad, because you do have Joe Mantiply, who's been able to do a very solid job all season long for this team. He did wind up throwing 16 pitches yesterday, and then Kyle Nelson being on the injured list along with Sean Pop. 
up and that does not wind up helping out this Arizona Diamondbacks team but we've got Ian Kennedy back in the fold he's been able to do a nice job when you've got Noe Ramirez Mark Melanson out there can be a little bit less than trustworthy and for the Colorado Rockies you do have quite a few guys that they pitch a little bit better out of the bullpen at home rather than on the road. Someone like a Lucas Gobreth has been giving you north of a 5 ERA on the road, a sub-3 ERA when he has been at home. They did wind up having to use up quite a few bullpen pieces, including Daniel Bard for 30 pitches yesterday, but Alex Kame after throwing 13 pitches, good chance he could be able to return in this one as well. Carlos Aceves has been a little bit touch-and-go for this team, but he's been a little bit better recently. Denelson Lamette is now a long option for the team as well for the Colorado Rockies. Obviously a team that is a little bit better at home rather than on the road. They average right around 1.2 home runs per game at home compared to 0.6 home runs per game when they are on the road. Brandon Rogers, he's got 11 home runs and 10 of them have come at home thus far this season. You've got someone like Randall Gertrick getting about a 280 at home below the Mendoza line of 200 when he is on the road. Jonathan Daza has always had big at home and road split. CJ Crone as well, but CJ Crone did wind up missing the game yesterday as well. So he's been dealing with a little bit of soreness, a little bit of injury himself. And for the Arizona Diamondbacks, I mentioned the fact that they're going up against a guy that very much is pitching contact in Antonio Sensatello, but they've had a tough time in terms of being able to get on base all season long. You do have a few guys that have been able to do an okay job, especially of being able to crank out the home run balls. This is a Diamondbacks bunch that they're getting right around 1.4 home runs per game when they are on the road. That's in the top eight in the big leagues. Christian Walker has been the headliner for that. He's been able to crank out 26 long balls all season long, but he also just don't get a lot of average out of he, Sergio Alcantara, Jordan Lupo that's been a little bit banged up, Seth Beer, all these these guys have been inning a 220 or lower throwing their Carson Kelly as well. Now you do have Ketel Marte, Jake McCarthy, along with Josh Ross, only between about a 262 275. Alec Thomas has been able to do a solid job hitting about a 255 as well. And Dalton Varsho, 16 home runs. He's been able to do a good job as well. But I do think that the Diamondbacks could have a little bit of a tough time making contact in this game, being able to put the ball in play. And I do think that Antonio Sensatella going to be able to keep the ball in the yard. He has been able to do a very solid job at home all season long. So I'm going to take the Rockies on the money line and the DK Nation pick going to be on the under of 12 and a half. 961-962 on the bank board. It is the Pittsburgh Pirates. The third faceoff against the San Francisco Giants. Carlos Rodon is going to be going for the Giants, and Bryce Wilson is going to be on the bump for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, you're going to be getting them anywhere between plus 225 and plus 235. Meanwhile, anywhere between minus 255 and minus 270 is your price on San Francisco. 7.5 to 7 is your total on the 7. Over is between minus 125 and minus 130. The under is anywhere between plus 105 and plus 110 on the 7.5. Under is minus 120, and the over is even. If you're taking a look at the run line in the spot, you're going to be fine. The Giants at a minus 115, which is actually very palatable. I was willing to lay up to a minus 130, you know, at least a plus 242 to even consider the Pittsburgh Pirates in the spot. So I'm going to be taking a look at San Francisco. I recognize that the bullpen in the bottom 10, the big leagues with the San Francisco Giants, but Charlie Garcia, Camilo Duvall, John Brebbia, these guys have been able to provide a sub 3-3 ERA, and you're able to take the bullpen a little bit out of it because Carlos Rodon has been able to do a good job in his last two starts, giving up a combined one run over the course of 12 and a third innings. Do wind up having a little bit of a rough go of it first two starts on the All-Star break, but if you take a look at the fielding behind Carlos Rodon, you would realize that that was not necessarily his fault, and for Rodon, he has been dealing all season long in San Francisco. Bucks 76 home here. He given up two home runs in 51 innings when he has been at home with opponents sitting at 215 off of him. His strikeouts per nine rate, that is north of 11.5. He has been a little bit 
shaky with regards to command, right around 2.6 to 2.7 walks per nine innings. But also speaking of shaky of command, you do have a Pittsburgh Pirates team that they rank in the bottom five of the big leagues in terms of bullpen area overall for the season. Now, you do have a few long guys they're able to rely upon as William Crow, along with Chase Young, have been able to provide sub-3-3 ERAs. Yuri De Los Santos, Carlin Holderman, both have been able to do a nice job as well. But De Young, you want to get used up yesterday along with De Los Santos. So that winds up running them. And you've got a Pirates team that they just don't do a good job of being able to get on base. Michael Chavis, Cabrian A's, and Brian Reynolds hitting between about a 248 to 258. You've been able to get 16 home runs this season out of Reynolds and Chavis as a double digit amount of homers. Ben Gamble has been able to move the line as well, but then you wind up getting into guys like Gregory Allen, Josh Van Meter, Rodolfo Castro. You're able to throw in their own yell Cruz. Shall we go down the list with guys like Yoshi Satsugo hitting a 225 or lower? Flip side for the San Francisco Giants is really remarkable how this team has been able to crank out right around 4.7 runs per game because it hasn't necessarily been that impressive for them. You've got a pair of guys in Wilmer Flores and Jock Peterson who have been able to combine for 33 home runs, both hitting right around about a 250 for this bunch. But, I mean, it's not like the power has been too supreme for this team. You don't have a lot of guys that consistently have been able to move the line as well. Evan Longoria is hitting right around 240. Brandon Belt, Austin Wins, Brandon Crawford, you're able to throw in there Joey Bart, Mikey Stremski, all these guys hitting a 230 or lower. Lamonte Wade Jr. is hitting below the Meadows line of 200. They bring in Dixon Machado, who's noted much more for his fielding rather than his hitting. So that has been intriguing to take a look at with the Giants, but they are going up against a guy in Bryce Wilson that he's going to allow a lot of contact. Opponents have been doing a very solid job of doing that all season long off of him as he's allowing an opponent's batting average of a 305. Strikeout numbers are a little bit up for Bryce Wilson. He's getting right around 6.7 strikeouts per nine innings, but he's also offering up right around one and a half home runs per nine innings as well. For our good friend, Mr. Wilson, he's been able to do a little bit of a better job on the road. 493 road ER compared to a 750 ERA when he has been at home, but I do think that this is going to be a case which the Giants, they are going to be able to get to Mr. Wilson and a bullpen that has been a little bit taxing. Quite honestly, hasn't necessarily been great to start with. I was going to be willing to lay up to a minus 130 with the Giants on the run line, getting a minus 115. Sign me up for that. Set my total at 7.8 as well. I do think the Pittsburgh are going to be able to get a little bit of something off of Carlos Rodon, but mainly I think that Wilson just going to get tattooed in this one. So looking at the over and looking at the Giants on the run line, 963, 964 on the bang board, the Toronto Blue Jays players the Cleveland Guardians. Cal Quantrill is going to be going for the Guardians, and Jose Barrios is going to be on the bump for Toronto. Nine is your total. The over and the under, any 14 minus 105, minus 115. Cleveland's between a plus 155 and a plus 160 underdog, minus 170 to minus 180. Your price on Toronto, and with Toronto, I was willing to lay up to a minus 171 on the money line. If you take a look at the run line, find this right now at a plus 110. I would like to see this get up to a plus 115. If worse comes to worse, I'm going to be willing to lay the 170 with the Blue Jays, but right now holding off a little bit, trying to see if I can get more of a plus 115 run line, and I do think that we are going to be able to get there, and I do like this total over because Cal Quantrill has been very much a pitch contact guy all season long, right around six strikeouts. Per nine innings now for Quantrill. The command has been relatively solid with him. He's given up in the neighborhood about 2.6 walks per nine innings. So has been able to do a nice job there. He gives up right around 1.2, 1.3 home runs per nine innings. A little bit to be expected. 
for me, a pitch of contact guy. A big thing, though, is that he has been significantly better at home rather than on the road. On the road, his ERA is touching right around 5, 316 home ERA, and on the road, he's actually been giving up fewer home runs, but that's because he's also pitched 25 fewer innings as he's given up 16 home runs in total over the course of 123 innings with opponents in a 314 off of him on the road, and that's an issue when you wind up going up against this Toronto Blue Jays lineup, even with George Springer dealing with a little bit of an injury. All of a sudden, Bo Bichette, along Flagger Jr., have been able to get online. They have a combined 40 home runs as far this season. If you take a look at Bichette, he has been able to give the team three bombs over the last seven days. Seems like this is the bust out that he was looking for, hitting a 280 over the last three days overall. Santiago's panel has been a little bit touch and go thus far this season, but you take a look at Matt Chapman as well. Someone who last year was really bad with the bat. He is hitting a 325 with a 420 on base over the last three days with nine home runs and 80 at bat. So he has really been able to find it. Tasker Hernandez, since he was on the injured list at the beginning part of the season, he's been able, hitting a 300 ever since then. Alejandro Kirk has been able to 300 for this bunch as well. He's been able to get some really good at bats as well out of someone like Remy El Tapio when he's been out there in the fold end for the Guardians. Not a team that's going to go deep too much there having the second fewest amount of home runs in the big leagues, but you do have a whole bunch of guys that they just do a nice job of being able to move the line. Josh Naylor is hitting a 270 for this bunch, and then you've got Steven Kwan, Andres Jimenez, Oscar Gonzalez, all hitting at least a 300, and then Amid Rosario and Jose Ramirez hitting a 280 to 285. Ramirez, your RBI guy. 80 RBI along with 21 home runs, so he has been impressive. Now the Guardians, they did wind up using up quite a bit of their bullpen yesterday, but they did wind up saving Emmanuel Clase. He had pitched in four out of the last five days, so you got to figure that he's going to be in line to wind up being able to pitch in this one. They did wind up using up guys like Brian Shaw, Trevor Steven and company, but this has been overall a top 10 bullpen in terms of ERA, and under the radar, the Toronto Blue Jays have been able to do a good job with their bullpen as well as Tim Mesa. He is currently out of the fold for the team, but David Phelps, you're able to throw in there Yumi Garcia, Adam Simber, Anthony Bass, all these guys have been able to provide a sub-3-3 ERA this season, and the big key for Jose Barrios is that he is at home. On the road, this guy's been a mess with a 7.50 road ERA compared to a 323 ERA at home. Now, he has been giving up the deep ball. Ranks in the top five of the big leagues in terms of home runs surrendered. He's given up more than two home runs per nine innings, but he's been giving up right around about 1.3, 1.4 home runs per nine innings. Not great, but you know what? You can live with it on the road. This line's been going up to right around two and a half home runs per nine innings with opponents hitting about 75 points higher off of them when he does wind up hitting the road as well. So I do think that you're able to trust in home Jose Barrios looking for about a plus 115 on the run line. We're going to be in wait and see mode as to whether or not I'm going to be on the money line or the run line, but looking at one of those two when it comes to the Toronto Blue Jays and I did wind up setting my total a little bit north of 9, set it at a 9.2, so going to be taking a look at the over as well. As we go 9.15, 9.16 on the betting board, it is the Baltimore Orioles. They're going to be on the road facing off against the Tampa Bay Rays as it is the Kalubot, Corey Kluber going for the Rays and Austin Voth is going to be going for Baltimore. This is a game that is presently off the board because Baltimore with the rainout that they wound up having with the Toronto Blue Jays wound up configuring a few different things when it came to their pitching rotation, which is why this game is off the board, but the book of Greg Peterson has a line for this game as I did wind up saying the Orioles as a plus 140 underdog, made my total a 7.6. That means that a 7.5 or less I'm going to be taking a look at the over and an 8 or higher. I'm going to be taking a look at the under and for Austin Volth, it has been a renaissance ever since he has been able to come to Baltimore as this man had a 10-13 ERA while he was with the Washington Nationals and I mean it's still been a little bit up and down while he's been with the Baltimore Orioles, but it has been significantly better. He has stretched out to be able to pitch 
five innings now for this bunch. And you do take a look overall at what Austin Volta has been able to deliver for this Baltimore Orioles team. And, and he's posting up a 319 ERA. It hasn't necessarily been overly flashy or anything like that as his walks per nine rate hovers right around three. He's been able to get nine strikeouts per nine and he's just has been able to do a nice job going out there and knowing his role now. He does wind up having to go up against a guy in Corey Kluber who's been tremendous in terms of the command right around 1.4 walks per nine innings. He gets still right around seven half, eight strikeouts per nine innings. He's been a little bit better at home than on the road. Five of one home record compared to a two of five record on the road. 442 road ERA, 370 ERA at home giving up overall for the year in the neighborhood about a home run per nine innings. Opponents are able to hit a 260 off of them, but you do take a look at this Baltimore Orioles lineup and all of a sudden you've had Anthony Santander really be able to step up. He's hitting a 325 over the last 30 days, leading the team with 30 home runs. And for Santander, he, Ryan McKenna, Ryan Moncastle, Cedric Mullins, Adelie Rushman, Austin the Sayers kid, I'm between about a 253 to a 262. You don't necessarily have a ton of power in this lineup, but you don't have that with the Tampa Bay Rays either with Isaac Paredes, his 14 home runs, currently leading the way for the team. Now, you do have a few guys that will be able to get on base, like Randy Orozarena has been able to do a relatively solid job. He's hitting a 250 along with G-Man Joy. You've been able to get some really good at-bats whenever Harold Ramirez has been out there. Problem is, Harold Ramirez, he's been on the injured list recently. Yandy Diaz, he's been able to supply the team with a 390 on base, but you just need a little bit more of the deep ball in general. They did wind up bringing in David Peralta at the trade deadline. That should be able to help things out a little bit. He's been able to about a 250 overall for the season, and as we know, the Tampa Bay Rays, they are masters at utilizing their bullpen. Jason Adam has been able to provide a sub-2 ERA. They've got Pete Fairbanks back full. Brooks Raley along Callum Pooch, both able to provide a 3-1 ERA or better, but the Baltimore Royals actually have been better in terms of their bullpen ERA. As Felix Batista has become the closer for this team with the Ore Lopez trade, but CNL Perez, Joey Crebo have all been very solid. Keegan Aiken has right around 280 ERA as a long guy. Orioles ranking the top five of the league in terms of bullpen ERA, so I do think that they wind up getting a little bit of a leg up there, but I do think that Kluber does wind up giving the Rays a little bit of a better start here, which is why I did wind up saying the Rays minus 140, and on top of that, Orioles had to play yesterday. The Rays, they wind up getting a day off for that bullpen as well, and Voth, even though he is a little bit more stretched out, probably only going to be able to go five innings in this spot, so made the Rays minus 140, 7.60 total, so 7.5 or less, looking over eight or higher to the under as we go 967, 968 on the main board. The Detroit Tigers at the road phase off against the Chicago White Sox. Michael Kopech is going to be going for the Southsiders, and Daniel Norris is on the bump for Detroit. Detroit is an underdog of any between plus 185 and plus $2. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Southsiders, anywhere between minus 215 and minus 225 is your price. 8.5 to 9 is your total on the 9. The under is minus 115. The over is minus 115. On the 8.5, over is minus 115. And the under is minus 105. And with the White Sox, set them minus 228 on the money line. If you're taking a look at the run line, it's anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. I was willing to go up to a minus 130. I know that Michael Kopech has been getting a little bit lucky this season. If you take a look at the advanced numbers in terms of barrel rate and what have you, and he certainly has experienced a little bit of regression in terms of the deep ball recently as well. You take a look at it, and he's been giving up over two home runs per nine innings across his last eight starts. Uh, that is a tad bit of an issue, but he certainly deserves better than a 4-8 record. The guy is still posting up 
right around a 338 ERA. Opponents are a 204 off of him, including a buck 62 at home. He's got a 1-4 home record, despite having that good opponent's batting average, despite the fact that his ERA at home, right around a 314. Now, you do take a look at what he's done here in the last few starts, and he wanted going 10 and a third innings over his last two starts, giving up six total runs, but he has been going up against a little bit of better competition as well, and let's call it what it is, going up against the Detroit Tigers, that is going to be able to help out a little bit. When you wind up going to Coors Field, when you wind up going on the road against Minnesota, that's not similar of a task as trying to shut down the Detroit Tigers who are averaging 2.7 runs per game when they are on the road. This is a Tigers bunch that you just have your list of guys that are all hitting a 220 or lower in Jameer Candelario, Jonathan Scope, throw in there Tucker Barnard, Akil Badu, Cody Clements. They have now brought up a guy in Kerry Carpenter who's got as many hits as myself. Robbie Grossman got traded and Spencer Torkelson has been so bad he got sent down to the AAA level. Good news is Avi Baez, he's updating a 221 and his 11 home runs lead the way, but the Tigers have a combined 65 home runs. Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo, I believe, have a combined 70. So that's not great. And for Daniel Norris, he has been mostly used as a long guy this season. His last appearance at the big league level, that one coming in the middle of July. And he's supposed to have a 690 ERA. He was coming out of the bullpen of the Cubs this season. He was mostly a about one to two inning guy for the Cubbies with a ERA away from Wrigley Field of a 525. He used to be with the Detroit Tigers. And while he was with the Tigers, he probably had some of his biggest triumphs. I still remember there was a start a few seasons ago in which he was something like a $4 underdog against the Houston Astros and was able to do a solid job there. But certainly has never been a guy that's necessarily been too tremendous. He's always had a little bit of command issues as well. You take a look at what he's been able to do here in the 2022 campaign, and he's hovering right around six walks per nine innings. I do think that in a starter's role, he's going to be able to do a little bit better and giving up two home runs for nine innings. Not necessarily ideal either. You want it getting sent down to AAA and at the AAA level thus far, he's been able to do a relatively solid job. Three starts for the Detroit affiliate in Toledo. He wound up posting up right around a 203 ERA, but also at the AAA level, got five strikeouts per nine innings, so he's not going to be keeping any of these guys off guard, and though the White Sox wound up leaving a lot of men on base yesterday, this has been one of the top 10 teams in terms of batting average, as you've got so many guys like Tim Anderson whenever he's not suspended, along with Luis Robert, Andrew Vaughn, Eloy Jimenez, Owing at least a 285 for this bunch. Problem for the White Sox has been they rank in the bottom seven of the big leagues in terms of home runs on a per game basis. Robert, Vaughn, and Abreu all been able to give you between 12 and 14 home runs, but that said, it's been a little bit dry. Guys like Yoa Moncada, Lori Garcia at the bottom have been a little bit of a liability. And for the White Sox, it's been a relatively rough time for this bullpen as well. Rinaldo Lopez has been in and out of the fold. He is back for the team, though. Jimmy Lambert, he had a little bit of a tough series against the Kansas City Royals, but by and large, he's been solid. Kendall Gray, Ben Liam Hendricks, both of these guys are going to be rested. For the Detroit Tigers, they do have a top six bullpen in terms of ERA. Problem is, they did wind up having to go to extra innings yesterday, so that wound up boiling out a lot of those arms. They did wind up training away Michael Fulmer at the trade deadline. You've still been able to get very good production out of guys like Jason Foley, Andrew Chafin, Willie Peralta, Throw on there, Alex Lang, all these guys posting up an ERA of a 315 or lower. So they have been able to do an amazing job. So I do think that this is going to be a game in which we are going to be seeing it lower scoring. Despite the fact that Daniel Norris, I don't think he's going to lend a good start. I do think that Norris going to be out after just a few innings because he's not fully stretched out to this point. So that should be able to help out with the unders, along with the fact that the White Sox just have not been able to go yard in general. So do mind saying by total at some point five, I do think that Kopech going to be able to come out, give a very good start and hold down a Detroit lineup that has been terrible all season. 
season long. So looking at the under and looking at the White Sox on the run line, 969, 970 on the bang board. It is the Boston Red Sox playing us in New York Yankees. Domingo Herman is going to be going for the Yankees and Nathan Eovaldi is on the bump for Boston. Nine and a half is your total over and under between minus 105, minus 115. Yankees are between minus 117 and a minus 130 favorite between plus 107 and plus 112 is your price on Boston and when it comes to the Yankees, I was willing to lay up to a minus 128 with them. I realize that it's a Yankees team that they have now went 7-13 and in their last 20 games. It has not been too terrific for them, but I mean, since the All-Star break, Boston has been equally as bad, and the Boston Red Sox have literally won zero series against teams within their own division this year. Zero. Zip. Nada. Going into yesterday, and yesterday, well, it's a one-game series against the Baltimore Orioles, so there's that aspect of it, but you do take a look at this Boston Red Sox lineup, and you still have guys out there. They're able to do a relatively solid job of being a reach base. Rafael Devers, Andrew Bogarts, both of these guys are doing above 300 with Devers, 24-plus home runs. J.D. Martinez and Alex Verdugo, along with Eric Hosmer and Christian Arroyo, in between about a 268 to a 280, but for J.D. Martinez... You've got to be taking note of what he's been able to do recently. He's hitting over the last 45 days below a buck 60. It has been terrible. Kevin Polacki at the bottom of the full team below the middle side of 200. Bobby Dahlbeck, he's got a double digit amount of formers, but it's been a little bit tough for him. Tommy Pham, ever since he's come to town, he's been able to give the team a couple of bombs. He's been playing relatively well, but I do think that the Yankees have them completely outgunned. I recognize that things did not wind up going their way in Seattle, but you still have Aaron Judge. He is still on pace for north of 60 home runs this season as he's already got 45 and then on top of that, you've got DJ Turner up LeMayu, who's had an incredible season. He's got right around a 380 on base. Gleyber Torres, 16 bombs. He's been able to right around 250 for this bunch. Jose Trevino, he's hitting a 260 as well. Miguel Andujar has seen a couple more at-bats with the injury that we did wind up seeing to Matt Carpenter, and that does wind up running the seam a little bit, coupled with the fact that Anthony Rizzo and Giancarlo Sain have been dealing with injuries as well. And for the Yankees, the real concern that I have with them is that the bullpen has regressed a little bit. I still think that you're going to be able to get some good innings out of Clay Holmes. Still for the season, as a 2.22 ERA, I do foresee a little bit of a rebound here. Whitey Peralta has been solved for the team, and I don't understand why people like to boop on Lucas Lukey because ever since really the middle of the month of May, this guy has been able to post up a sub-250 ERA, so he's been able to do a solid job, and it's much better than what you're able to trot out there in the Boston Red Sox bullpen, and the Red Sox not only did not wind up having a day off yesterday, unlike the Yankees, so that hurts them a little bit. It causes Salamora, John Schreiber have been relatively solid as Salamora, Garrett Woodlock, Tanner Elk of a sub-360 ERA. Schreiber has still a sub-250 ERA, but we've seen regression there. Austin Davis has been brutal over the last 45 days. Darwin Hernandez literally has a 21-60 ERA. Matt Barnes, Ryan Brazier have been liabilities all season long, and I do think that Domingo Ramon starting to find himself a little bit more was a rough first start against the Houston Astros, but has given up a combined five runs in his last three starts going up against the Mariners along with the Cardinals and the Mets. So he's been able to do a nice job with that regard. Needs to cut down on the walks a little bit. He's given up a little bit over three walks per nine innings. Adipo wound up hurting him in his first start against the Houston Astros, but has looked a little bit more solid. And for Anthony Avaldi, this guy's been absolutely terrible at Fenway. Not all of it is full. He was a part of that 29 to 5 calamity that we wound up seeing against the Blue Jays earlier this season, but He's got a 681 home area. He wound up having that start against the Astros, in which I think they wound up giving up four home runs in an inning as he's been taken deep 10 times in 
35 and two-thirds innings at home thus far this season with opponents saying at 320 off of him. Typically, it's been a little bit better in Boston. I do think that there's going to be a little bit of positive progression for him in Boston, but that said, I do think that the Yankees are going to be able to get to him. I do think that this is going to be a higher scoring game. Set my total at a 9.6. I'm looking at the over as I think that the Yankees get to Eovaldi in his bad bullpen, a Red Sox bullpen that ranks in the bottom five in terms of bullpen ERA since the All-Star break as well. So looking at the over, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Yankees. 971-972 on the bank board. The Seattle Mariners hit the road face off against the Walker, Texas Rangers. To be determined is going to be going for the Rangers, and George Kirby is going to be on the bump for Seattle. Right now, ESPN has it lined up as if we are going to be getting Dane Gitter Dunning, but if it's not Dane Gitter Dunning, it could be darn near anything. Hopefully, we wind up getting Spencer Howard because, boy, that would drop this thing significantly because if it were to be Dunning against George Kirby, I would set the Mariners at a minus 124. Obviously, with Spencer Howard, you'd probably be looking at north of a 30-cent line move there. If it's a bullpen game, probably more like a 20-ish cent line move that I will say could be a little bit more or less because if you do, I'd have tried out there. Taylor Hearn, he has not been great. He's been used as a little bit more of a long reliever recently for the Texas Rangers, posting up a 514 ERA overall this season. Just has not been a good state of affairs for him. And then if it is Dane Donning, Homer and road splits is really what you want to take a look at. Three home ERA, 508 ERA on the road with opponents hitting about 90 points lower off of him. So we shall see what happens there. Meanwhile, with George Kirby, he's been very solid for this Mariners team as he's given up right around 1.3 walks per nine innings. He's been able to get a little bit over nine punch outs per nine. Big thing is he has been giving up right around 1.3 home runs per nine innings, but 290 road ERA compared to a 372 ERA at home, giving up just four bombs over the course of 31 innings when he has been on the road. Now, this is a Texas Rangers lineup that they do a very solid job of being able to put back to ball. Corey Seager has been your main matcher for this team. He's been able to go deep 25 times. He's hitting in that neighborhood about a 255 now. And then you take a look at the rest of the lineup. You're able to throw in their Seager with this as well. Adelise Garcia, Mabriz Valoria, Jonah Heim, Ezekiel Duran, Marcus Simeon. All these guys sitting between about a 240 to 255. Heim has been able to go deep 13 times. Marcus Simeon, Adelise Garcia combined 36 home runs. And Marcus Simeon. This guy, after a really bad start to the season, he wound up having a combined one home run in the first two months of the season. Ever since the beginning of the month of June, he has went deep 15 times, so he has really been able to improve. Now, the Rangers' bullpen has been very brutal. It's Dennis Santana, prior to going on the injured list, he had like a 15 ERA in the last 45 days. Garrett Richards, he's got a north of 10 ERA over the last about 45 or so days. Matt Moore, Brock Burke, both are able to give you a sub-2 ERA, but that's not a lot of redeeming qualities. And for the Seattle Mariners over the last 60 days, number one team in terms of bullpen ERA. Diego Casillo is now fresh off the endless Andres Munoz. After he had north of a 5 ERA first two months of the season, he's really been able to lower that. Paul Sewell, Penn Murphy, both have sub-250 ERAs. Eric Swanson, a right around 1 ERA. These guys have been magnificent now for the Seattle Mariners. They've been dealing with an injury to Julio Rodriguez. He has been absolutely incredible for the scene, but Angel Hino Suarez, he's been able to crank out 18 home runs thus far this season. He's got an on-base percentage that is suffering in the neighborhood about a 330. You do have a couple guys towards the bottom of the fold that they have not been able to come through. Jared Kelnick is back at the big league level. He, Carlos Santana, Lewis Torrens, Cal Raleigh, Dylan Moore, all hitting a 214 or lower that I will say for Raleigh. He has been able to go deep 16 times thus far this season. Ty France, 14 bombs. He's hitting at 300. They also wind up getting back Mitch Hanniger last season. He wound up having 30-plus home runs. That is big for the team, and that is a little bit under the radar. So I do think that you've got a nice edge here with the Mariners. If it were to be Dunning against Kirby, setting the Mariners at a minus 124, and in this case, it would be a case in which I would be making a 7.5 or less 
to the over and eight or higher to the under. If you wind up seeing like a bullpen game, Spencer Howard, this goes up by a full half a run, so eight or less I'd be looking at an over. And the Mariners, once again, minus 124 with Dunning on the mound. Bullpen game for Spencer Howard. This goes up significantly more from there. 973, 974 on the bank board. The Houston Astros, they play also the Oakland A's. Adam Aller is going to be going for the A's, and Luis Garcia is going to be on the bump for Houston. Houston, a very, very sizable favorite. And we're between minus 315 and minus 330. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at our good friends, Oakland, you're going to be getting them in between plus 260 and plus 280. A and F is your total, the over and the under, anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. Believe it or not, Adam Muller is faced off against the Houston Astros twice. The Oakland A's have won both of those starts. I don't think Lightning is striking three times here, as Adam Muller has been terrible this season. He's given up two and a half home runs per nine innings. His walks per nine rate hovers in the neighborhood of five. He's getting right in the neighborhood about six strikeouts per nine innings. So, I mean, it is not good to say the least. So, Domingo Acevedo, A.J. Buck, Sam Mall, along with Zach Jackson, these guys in the bullpen have been able to provide a 3-3 ERA or better. So, they've been able to do a solid job there, but you do have an Easton Astros team that they rank number one in the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERAs. You've got Rafael Montero, Ryan Stanek throwing their Seth Martinez, all providing a sub-240 ERA. Ryan Presley, still one of the better ninth inning guys they're going to find out there in the big leagues. And you've got relatively balanced power outside of Jordan Alvarez when it comes to the Astros. Alvarez, the clear number one for this team. 31 bombs. He's been able to provide a 400 base. Has been a little bit slower here in recent weeks, but still able to do a solid job. But you've got Kyle Tucker, Jose Altuve, both giving you between 19 and 20 home runs. You've got both of these guys providing a relatively solid on base. Tucker right around 335, 365 when it comes to Jose Altuve. And then Jeremy Pena, Alex Bregman, a combined 29 home runs. And for Bregman, 360-ish on base. So he's been able to do a solid job there. Martin Maldonado has a double-digit amount of homers. And Elamendi Zias under the radar after a rough start to the season. He's really been able to pick it up over the last three days. He's been hitting darn near 300. And then for the Oakland A's, this is a offense that has scored Four runs or fewer now each out of their last five games. And the lone outlier wound up coming against the LA Angels, which that's not necessarily too terrific in a lot of those games. Matter of fact, they wound up coming against the LA Angels. You have been able to have Seth Brown be able to do a good job being able to pump out 17 home runs. He, Sean Murphy, Chad Pinder, along with Elvis Andrews, only between about a 237 to a 242. But when these are your main guys of being able to get on base, you know that you're in a little bit of trouble for the Oakland A's because their ballpark is so pitcher-friendly. They actually have a little bit of better splits on the road. They're hitting right around 226 on the road, barely above the Mendel's line of a 200 at home. So... It's a little bit of an issue. They do get a little bit over a home run per game when they are on the road with Seth Brown having 13 of his home runs, as a matter of fact, coming on the road as well. So that does wind up helping them out a tab. But I do think that Luis Garcia is going to be able to come out and is going to be able to find his good home form that he wound up having last season. Last season, he wound up having a home ERA that was right in the neighborhood about a 239 compared to a 424 ERA on the road. This season, it's been a reverse. 476 home ERA, 307 ERA on the road. Big reason why 12 bombs give it up over the course of 56 and two-thirds innings when he has been at home. Same amount of innings, half of that on the road. So I do think that Garcia is going to be able to rein it in. He's only been giving up right around two and a half walks per nine innings. Strikeouts per nine rate hovers in the neighborhood about 9.3 to 9.4. So I do think that the Astros this time, they're going to be able to get to Aller. I set them minus 308 on the money line. If you're taking a look at the run line, you're finding the Astros right around about a minus 150. I was willing to lay up to a minus 157. So I'm looking at that Astros run line, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total. 
under as well. So I do wind up saying it at a 7.7. I think that the Oakland A's going to be held at bay in this one. 975-976 on the main board. The LA Angels, they're going to be playing a sleep instead of twins. So Tyler Molly goes for the Twinkies and Patrick Sandoval is on the bump for LA. LA is a slight underdog here. You're going to be finding them between even money and plus 108. Meanwhile, with Minnesota, any between minus 115 and minus 120. Your price, it is your total. The overs between minus 110 and minus 115. The unders, any between minus 105 and minus 110. And with the Twins, it's boiling to light up to a minus 133. This is an Angels team that they have won right around 35% of their games since the end of May. And Patrick Sandoval has not been able to get the team to victory too much as the victory that they wanted being able to get in 10 innings in his last start. The second one that they've been able to get since the beginning of the month of June. And it's not necessarily because Patrick Sandoval has been pitching too bad as he has allowed two runs or fewer and now seven out of his last 10 starts. But the team has provided no offense with him whatsoever. And the big thing for Sandoval is he's not necessarily going too deep in these starts as well. And the big reason why he's not able to is that his walks per nine rate in the neighborhood about 4.2 to 4.3. Now he's only allowed four home runs in 95 innings thus far this season. And he's been able to get right around nine and a half strikeouts per nine innings. Tyler Molly sometimes falls into that mold as well as he's been giving up a little bit over three walks per nine innings. But for Tyler Molly. If you date it back to the beginning of last season, he has been significantly better on the road than at home. Over the last two seasons, right around a 3-1 ERA on the road, being able to do a good job with giving up right around one-third of the amount of home runs on the road as he did at Great American Ballpark. He wound up making his debut a couple days ago for this Twins team. Did wind up giving up four runs over the course of six innings against Toronto. That is obviously one of the more fearsome lineups out there in baseball. And right now, the LA Angels, they are not that. You do have Shohei Otani. He's been able to crank out 25 bombs. He has been very solid for the team, but Taylor Ward has been hitting right around a 200 over the last 45 days for the team after he got off to a good start. He and Luis Ranifo, along with Matt Duffy, hitting between about a 262 and 270. Duffy hasn't been seen too much in a very, very long time, though. I will say for David Fletcher, since he has been able to resurface for this team over his last, we're going to call it 15 days, he has been able to 300. He's starting to find some of that good form they wound up having a few seasons ago, but Steven Duggar, Max Sassy, Mangolia Sierra, you're able to throw in there Kurt Suzuki, Jack Mayfield when he's been out there. They gave Monte Harrison some starts a little bit ago, all hitting at 215 or less. Jared Walsh has been hitting below 200 over the last 30 days. It has not been a good state of affairs, and it's not like this Angels bullpen has been anything impressive to speak of. Honestly, the long guys like I may, but yeah, have been some of your best stories. Andrew Wants, right around a 340 ERA, along with Jose Quijada. These guys have been solid, but Ryan Tapera, Aaron Loop, pair of guys posting up North Bay 385 ERA as well, and then you do take a look at the flip side for the Minnesota Twins, and we've seen Griffin Jacks have his ERA get jacked up recently. Giovanni Morin has been dealing with a little bit of an injury. That does wind up hurting them, but they've been able to have Yohan Duran be able to provide right around a two in terms of his ERA. Caleb Theobar, after he wound up having a relatively rough start to the season, he's been able to shape up a little bit as well. Overall for the season, posting up right around a 435 ERA, but he's not allowed an earned run over the last three days, so that has been a help to them, and it's for a Minnesota Twins team that they do have just one main matcher in terms of their lineup by Rebuxin. 27 home runs that has been very special for this team, but you do have a lot of guys behind him that get on base, and that's really been the issue with Brian Buxton. Buxton only in a 222 thus far this season, but Luis Arias has been able to 333, and then you take a look below him. You've got Carlos Correa, Gio Urshela, Alex Kurloff, falling in between about a 250. 
265, and then Gilberto Cicino, Jose Miranda, Nick Gordon. They're hitting between a 272 to a 278, and Jose Miranda, his hot streak, deserves a little bit more notice. Take a look at what he's been able to do. Plus, also break, he's hitting north of a 330. So, I do think that the Twins in relatively good position. They don't necessarily crank out a lot of deep balls. The other guy that has been able to give the team home runs, Ode Palunco, has 15 of them. So, to minus saying the total at a 7.9, I'm looking under. Animal in a late year with the Twins up to a minus 133, and we have things up with 977, 978 on the bank board. The LA Dodgers, they hit the road to face off against the Kansas City Royals. As you got Daniel Lynch on the bump for the Royals, and Tony Gonsolin on the bump for the Dodgers. The Dodgers are massive favorites. Anywhere between minus 225 and minus 235. And between plus 190 and plus 205 is your price on Kansas City. Nine is your total. The unders any between minus 110 and minus 115. The overs any between minus 105 and minus 110. Set the Dodgers at a minus 248 on the money line. If you're looking at the run line, you're laying minus 145. And I am willing to lay it. I was willing to lay up to a minus 160 for the Dodgers. They have been masters at being able to win games by multiple runs. They've got 77 wins this season, 69 of them. By two-plus runs, Tony Gonsolin has been a wins machine for this team. 13-1 and record. Now, his ERA does balloon to a 320 on the road compared to a buck 53 at home because opponents hit 60 points higher off of him when he is on the road rather than at home. But he's been giving up a little bit less than home run per nine innings. He's been able to do a good job of being able to control the walks right around 2.3 bucks per nine innings. Now, in his last four starts, it has been a little bit more touch and go for Tony Gonsolin, giving up 12 runs over the course of 21 innings with opponents saying a 256 off of him. He did figure that there was going to be a little bit of regression in terms of the great opponent's batting average and MJ Melendez over the last eight days for the Royals. He does have four home runs, but this is still a Royals team that you've got a little bit of a tough time being able to put back to ball as he, Vinny, Paz, Quinto. You're able to throw in there Hunter Dozier, Nicky Lopez as well. All these guys in between about a 235 to a 250. And then you take a look at Mr. Pesquinto, and he's been able to do a very solid job for this bunch as he, over the last 30 days, has been able to do a good job of being able to crank out the deep ball. He's been able to hit about a 300 over the last 15 days. Over the last 30 days, more in the neighborhood, about a 260. Salvador Perez has been able to give this team a double-digit amount of homers as well. And then for the LA Dodgers, I mean, you've got Mookie Betts, who's been able to go deep 25-plus times thus far this season. And then you got Freddie Freeman, along with Trey Turner, Will Smith, all providing between 15 and 18 home runs. For Freeman, he's been able to hit right around a 325. It's been a rough year for Cody Bellinger, but on Sunday Night Baseball, a few nights ago, he was able to pound out a pair of homers himself. So that was something that was very good to see. Gavin Lux under the radar, 370 on base, hitting right around a 295. The team has been able to move the line. And then for the LA Dodgers, you just take a look at what they've been able to do in terms of their pitching as well. Three runs or fewer surrendered in now 19 out of their last 24 games. They've got a bullpen area that is number one in the National League, and it's not necessarily been the big guys for this team. Caleb Ferguson, when he's been out there, Yancey Almonte is going to be unavailable in this game. Evan Phillips, all providing sub-250 ERAs. Alex Vecia has really been able to rein it in as well. He's had his ups and downs this season, but now as a sub-3 ERA, he has been able to do a nice job not allowing a run in his last six appearances. Reyes Maranta has had his issues along with Craig Kimbrell, but by and large, his bullpen certainly has been able to do their job. And then for Daniel Lynch, not been a great year from this far for Kansas City as he's along right around 3.6 walks per nine innings, 1.2 home runs per nine innings. So you take a look at what he's been able to do in Kansas City thus far this season, and he's got a significantly worse ERA there. 597 home ERA, 394 ERA on the road, giving up seven bombs in 34 and two-thirds innings. In Kansas City, he's backed up by a bullpen that's in the bottom two of the American League. As Amir Garrett has nearly a five ERA. Taylor Clark was really starting to find himself. He's on the injured list. Dylan Coleman, along with Jose Cuas, have been able to do a solid job in the bullpen. 
Both of these guys have a sub-4 ERA. Wyatt Mills, though, has had his issues. Josh Shamount, since he's come off the injured list, it has been a hot mess for him as well. So I'm going to be willing to lay the run line of the Dodgers. I think that they get another multi-run win, and I think they wind up taking it to Daniel Lynch and this bad bull. But I do think that the Royals generate a few runs off of Gonsolin as well. So looking at the over semi-total at 9.1 and the Dodgers run line, and that will wrap things up for the Friday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Big thanks to Curtis Rogers. That's a great job doing pre- and post-game work for the Seattle Mariners. He joined me in the last segment. If you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at one. Keep in mind, letters EM. They mean it does not matter, so as per usual, please send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to find whatever you'd like here on this podcast. I that five star review coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. That means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry. Every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL Schedule Release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.